Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hey, women's basketball fans. Erica Lindsay Ayala here. And hey, we have some stuff to talk about. We're going to keep this short, sweet, and to the point. We're going to be fun, be bright, be brief, and be done for Tuesday's episode. I'm going to give you a little bit of a round the horn in women's basketball news in the WNBA. That's the qualifying offers that we're hearing in college basketball. That's a new AP poll. And of course, unfortunately, still COVID cancellations. I also want to take you back to the Georgia election and Elizabeth Williams from the Atlanta Dream joined GMA. And I'd like to play that for you in the final Uh, segment. And then I'll tee you up for Thursday. Thursday's show for me will be my last show before Martin Luther King Day 2021. And you bet I have some thoughts. Uh, So I'll tee you up for Thursday, what you can expect on Social Justice Thursday. But like I said, we're going to keep this bright. We're going to keep it brief. We're going to have fun and then we'll be done. So As I mentioned, we are going to start with the WNBA. And you know what? I've mentioned Winsider before. I'm going to mention them again. Special shout out to Rachel Galligan because you want some rage bombs. We've got some rage bombs when it comes to the WNBA free agency. So here are a few dates, first of all to set the scene so you know what exactly is happening right now in the WNBA. All right, so here are the dates that are important to know. January 1st through 14th, which of course is where we are now, today being January 12th, that's when qualifying offers may be sent. So these are offers to um, players that are already under contract and the team wants to make a qualifying offer to that player, they are uh, restricted free agents. So they can make qualifying offers and uh, a player can accept or reject that and then head into free agency. Between January 15th and the 31st, that is the next big block of time. And that's when negotiations between free agents, uh, whether they are Um, restricted or non-restricted free agents, conversations and negotiations can take place between January 15th and January 31st. And then we have February 1st, the first day of Black History Month 2021. Signings may begin to take place. And um, Her Hoop Stats has some salary cap information. Uh, Winsider has some salary cap information. You can also, of course, check out the next and what Howard Megdal has done with salary cap information. Anyway, so those are your dates. January 1st through 14th, that's where we're at. Now qualifying offers may be sent. January 15th through 31st, negotiations can take place. And February 1st, first day of Black History Month 2021, signings may take place. And again, check out Her Hoops, Stats, Windsider, and the next, specifically Howard Magdal, to get a sal- some salary cap information. All right, so 
Natisha Heideman has been made a qualifying offer. We've seen Taya Cooper been made a qualifying offer. We've seen, of course, that the Sparks have uh, also re-upped their contract with Derek Fisher and named him general manager. That's important ahead of free agency because now he's the coach general manager, so he's the one making negotiations. Uh, The same for Kurt Miller who's another coach GM just today, the Connecticut Sun announced that they would extend his contract. So the Connecticut Sun players and anyone looking to go to the Connecticut Sun or to deal with the Connecticut Sun know that they are dealing with Kurt. Uh, so uh, that's that's where we're at. Um, so uh, that's a little bit about free agency right now. And... Um, what I'd like to do is, um, again, give you some resources, not necessarily team by team, but there are some comprehensive um, overviews and previews of free agency. Ben Dull has one, including a podcast. Jackie Powell has something specific to the New York Liberty, which, of course, as someone who's been on that beat before, I pay close attention to. I see Brendan Clean has something for Forbes, which is a full season preview. Again, we're going into the 25th season of the WNBA. So I'll give you a few things uh, that you might want to read as you're preparing yourself for what will likely be a wild and crazy free agency. Coming up next. Are we ready for some football? College football heads into bowl season, and there are some big matchups this weekend. Not to mention, the NFL regular season is finishing up with the playoff picture becoming more and more clear. There's only one place that has you covered and one place we trust, betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code LOCKEDON for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so I mentioned again, essential resources. I'm giving you a lot. Her Hoop Stats has... The salary cap information through 2025. Now, not all players, of course, do we have information necessarily through 2025, especially, of course, those that are unrestricted free agents. But you can see these team by team on her hoop stats. So right now I'm in my her hoop stats account. I'm looking at the Atlanta Dream salary cap. So we know uh, Glory Johnson, unrestricted free agent in 2021. That's really interesting. Benajelani, unrestricted free agent, 2021. Uh, we see here that it's listed that Renee Montgomery has a suspended or uh, contract expired. I know that uh, we've heard Nikki Cullen talk. Nikki not really uh, thinking that Renee Montgomery is going to come back. So I'll be honest, if there have been any updates since the last time Nikki Cullen talked about that or that I heard Nikki Cullen talk about that, I'm not sure. But it seems like a foregone conclusion that Renee Montgomery is moving on to greener pastures. Hey, remotely, Renee. Uh, anyway, so we also see from 
this uh, her hoop stats it goes again all the way to 2025 we see that Kennedy Carter first time she's a restricted free agent will be 2024 of course she was the rookie uh, pick for the Atlanta Dream the first uh, pick for the Atlanta Dream last season in 2020 uh, restricted free agent Kalani Brown 2023 uh, Monique Billings is a restricted free agent next season but UFAs uh, that are coming up again big glory johnson benaja laney of course glory johnson impacted by covid benaja laney had a fantastic season that's gonna be potentially a, a good bargaining chip for benaja herself what that means for atlanta we shall see um and again her hoop stats you can go team by team so just for fun let's go to the seattle storm the Seattle Storm, these are their unrestricted free agents for 2021. Sue Bird, Alicia Clark, Natasha Howard, Epiphany Prince, and Sammy Wickham. That's quite a list. And then next year, their unrestricted free agents, Brianna Stewart, Jewel Lloyd, Morgan Tuck, Crystal Langhorn. And then along with that, Jordan Canada and Mercedes Russell are restricted free agents, which means they could be into play for the qualifying offer period, which again is right now until the 14th. So check out her hoop stats. I mentioned Windsider and the Rage Bombs, but it's actually Ben Dull for Windsider that gives you uh, the free agents see preview. So if you head over to Ben Dull 2021 free agency preview goes team by team. So again, looking at the Seattle Storm, according to Ben, main off seasons of main off season objectives: re-sign Sue Bird, Natasha Howard, and Alicia Clark, all unrestricted free agents. Uh, as Ben writes, if all three are back, get Clark on a descending salary structure, knowing Brianna Stewart and Jewel Lloyd are hitting free agency in 2022. So Ben's saying to get a little bit creative. Biggest potential challenges or obstacles, writes Ben. Inability to pay all three stars, all three starters, excuse me, the upper maximum and keep the bench together. One proposed 2021 roster outline resigned Bird and Howard each to upper max and Clark at 185. 185,000, that is. Already under contract is Stuart Lloyd, Jordan Canada, Mercedes Russell, uh, and others. Get the number one overall pick there. One bench player at veterans minimum. Best case scenario, says Ben. Ready to compete for another championship after re-signing Bird, Clark, and Howard. Worst case scenario, Howard and or Clark opt to look elsewhere and without regrouping by somehow landing another star, a good team in 2021 won't quite pack the same kind of punch to win another ring. All right, that's what Ben has for us. 
But if we go over to Brendan Clean, 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and for a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, highlights Parker McBride and Misaman as unrestricted free agents. Um, and that's Candace Parker, by the way. Uh, Brendan believes those three are going to be highly sought after in um, as unrestricted free agents. Um, of course, we heard recently from Derek Fisher who is, again, now the head coach and GM of the Los Angeles Sparks, and called Parker a priority, but will need to balance uh, the free agency of younger stars Neka Ogumike and Chelsea Gray as well, writes Brendan. Other veteran stars who could be available include Seattle's, again, uh, Natasha uh, Howard, Indiana's Erica Wheeler, and Cheney Ogumike, and Rakina Williams, and Amanda Zowie B. Zowie falls in an pos- a, a interesting position. And again, I highly recommend you check out Jackie Powell over at The Next. Just put out her piece on Restrictive Free Agency. And I haven't read it all yet, but I am very glad to see one Nyorin Kakakunwe on there. But I think as far as a veteran, I, I have uh, a little bit of pause giving... Zowie that title just because again my minutes played I went into great detail on a Windsider podcast about how I think unfortunately what will play against Amanda Zowie B is that her minutes were limited for a long period of time when with New York um so we'll see what happens there moral of the story there is a lot to look forward to when it comes to unrestricted free agency. And you know what? I Or free agency, excuse me, restricted or otherwise. I'm kind of a free agent myself, so I'm kind of sitting back. I'm, I'm looking for the storylines uh, that go a little bit ahead of free agency. But as I mentioned, we are also going to get into college basketball coming up in the next segment we are going to go over the ap poll the most recent ap poll and i'll hit a little bit on covid and then i'll get you ready for martin luther king day 2021 one reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like a mortgage or food just in case that stimulus check doesn't come when you need it. So, why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Chain stores have different tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and reliably low. RockAuto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than charging prices based on what the market will bear, kind of like airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require membership or account login. 
The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see the parts available for your car or your truck. Type locked on in their how did you hear about us box so that they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. First of all, shout out to Maryland who tweeted longest active streak in the country, 10 straight years in the AP poll for Maryland. So where does Maryland fare in all of this? Well, listen, I'll tell you right now. We have Maryland breaking the top 15. Week 5, top 25 AP poll. Stanford at number 1. Louisville at number 2. Connecticut at 3. And North Carolina State at number 4. They beat out South Carolina, who's at 5. Arizona at 6. Baylor at 7. Of course, Baylor was shut down by COVID. Kim Mulkey contracting coronavirus. Oregon at 8. Uh, so Oregon, um, not quite in that top four like what we saw last season, but still top 10. Texas A&M and UCLA round out the top 10. You've got Arkansas, Mississippi State, Kentucky, as I mentioned, Maryland, and Northwestern round out the top 15. 16 through 25, Ohio State, Michigan. There we go, DePaul from the Big East. Indiana, Texas, South Florida, Syracuse, Gonzaga, Missouri State, and Michigan State. Um, but you see, right here, even in the comments, uh, I have to I have to get to this because it's a question that I don't have an answer to. Why are we playing women's basketball in the middle of a pandemic? Why on earth would we put our amazing players and staff in any jeopardy? Super concerned fan. So. Of course, I believe this not only for women's basketball. I have lots of questions. Just today, we got another announcement that, speaking of the Big East, that um, the UConn Seton Hall game scheduled for tomorrow has been postponed. Uh, that's in addition to the previously scheduled uh, or the previously announced postponement of Villanova versus UConn. So their next game, the Huskies, is for next Tuesday, January 19th, against the Butler Bulldogs. Make updates for Seton Hall and Villanova games will be announced at a later date. And thus, today's media availability canceled. I don't know what's going on, folks. I went into great detail about that. Um, I don't like it. I'm going to keep saying it because apparently folks still got to hear it. So I don't know what's happening, but this is just ridiculous. Um, I don't like the soldier on approach, but I digress. I did say I wanted to close out this show preparing us for Social Justice Thursdays and the celebration of Martin Luther King Day. But first, let's hear from Elizabeth Williams, 
who is on Good Morning America. Now to athletes flexing their muscles on and off the court, influencing the critical Georgia Senate race. Steve Osinsami joins us with a deeper look at the activism from one NBA team in particular. Good morning, Steve. Good morning to you, Robin. This city is home to the WNBA's Atlanta Dream, and one of the big bosses in the front office is our Georgia Congresswoman who was just defeated at the polls. And a major question here this morning is, will she return to the basketball team that helped push her out of office? She's the co-owner of a professional women's basketball team in a league built by the success of black athletes with a team in a city where a majority of the residents are black. So it didn't go over well when Kelly Loeffler, as part of her campaign for Congress, said in July that I adamantly oppose the Black Lives Matter movement. This is not a political movement that the league should be embracing. We felt really disappointed because we had put such an emphasis on dedicating this season to social justice initiatives and Black Lives Matter. Many of her players felt that she sold them out to try and appeal to conservative white voters. And this is how they responded, wearing T-shirts at a game in Phoenix, encouraging fans at home to vote for their boss's competition. But that's not necessarily being able to control her ownership. One thing that we could have some sort of impact on is the fact that she, she was in a Senate seat and we're in an election year. This game last August was a display of sports activism that spread to other teams in the league onto social media and helped change the race for Senate. All of a sudden, Loeffler's challenger, Raphael Warnock, was leading in the polls. After wearing the shirts, you know, his donation numbers went up. Generally, just people were asking questions. There was a little bit more of national recognition from, from a name that, that wasn't super familiar to everyone. Loeffler, who was once seen as an inclusive owner, is now seen by some as a villain in the league. And there are calls for her to leave. NBA superstar LeBron James may or may not have been kidding when he recently shared online that he might try to buy the team, saying that I think I'm going to put together an ownership group for the dream. Who's in? I'm sure that there will be changes moving forward, but I am excited to see how players continue to use their unique platforms in, in doing this type of work on, off the floor. The women who play on this team took a risk and say they decided to speak truth to power because the issues of social justice that they are fighting for are not inconsequential. We reached out to Luffler and her campaign, and she did not respond. Robin. Okay, Steve, thank you very much. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So there you have it. Again, that from Good Morning America. I, of course, have to correct uh, one thing that I noted whilst listening uh, just now. The game, of course, that the Atlanta Dream played where they wore the Vote Warnock shirts was not in Phoenix uh, because all WNBA games in 2020 were in Florida because that was a time when we believed in single site for the betterment 
and for the good of all involved. And we did not try and travel the country and have fans in arenas, despite all the evidence that cases of COVID are still reaching upwards of 4,000 deaths a day. So there's that. Um, I remember when I spoke to Elizabeth Williams, the WNBA season had just ended. She was already overseas. And I asked Elizabeth what she hopes will happen regardless of at the time we were just looking at the November election, um, what she hoped would happen. And, and Elizabeth made mention that being overseas, all in different countries, different teams might make it difficult. Of course, the urgency of the runoff in January earlier this month, um, I suppose, made that commitment a little bit different if uh, than it would have been, perhaps, had the election been settled in November one way or the other. Uh, perhaps if Loeffler would have lost, you see a little bit more of a drop-off, less urgency if she had won. Who knows what would have happened? But of course, we will not know that. And there is a lot that Loeffler and her party have to reconcile with when it comes to uh, what, according to some on social media, is the former commander in chief. Uh, there's been something swirling around that the presidency has ended as of yesterday. Um, I believe uh, the 45th acting president was somewhere in Texas today. So uh, neither here nor there. Uh, why mention all of this in relation to Martin Luther King Day? And um, I remember when I did the This is America episode, of course, using that title is playing on um, Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, the song and the video, This is America. I asked listeners to um, weigh in and to email me. Gave you my email. It's also in my Twitter bio, which for all the people who DM me, please, please just email me. Anyway, um, I asked you to let me know. What are you going to do? And I think that's apropos as we get ready for Martin Luther King Day. And I did get one email response, and uh, I took the weekend to mull it over, and I'll be responding to that shortly. But I'd love to hear your thoughts. So I put out the call again. Go back and listen to This is America. Um, go back and listen to me really challenge those who want to make the argument that this is not who we are. Last Wednesday is not who we are. Uh, hogwash. Uh, there's something that I want to bring to your attention, and it comes from NPR. I saw this earlier this morning as I was waking up. I, I feel like all of us, I do the morning scroll, but I'm trying to make it a little bit more intentional these days. So I came across something... Um, on NPR that I thought was was really good. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit of this. 
it's an opinion. Actually, you know what? Uh, the, the audio was not up when I read it this morning, but I can play this for you. So we're going to close out the episode. You're going to hear the report by Sam Sanders from January 10th on NPR WNYC to be specific. And this is an opinion piece entitled The Lies We Tell Ourselves About Race. And I'm going to close out the show with this. So the next uh, voice you'll hear will be coming from Morning Edition. The lies we tell ourselves about race. And I will catch you on Thursday ahead of Martin Luther King Jr. Day 2021. There's been a lot of talk over the last few days about just what that attack on the Capitol says about America. We heard the same words over and over again. This is not who we are. But our next guest says it is. NPR's Sam Sanders, host of It's Been a Minute, wrote a piece about this on NPR.org, and he joins us now. Hey, Sam. Hey, how are you, Tanya? I am well, thanks. So Republican Ben Sass of Nebraska actually said, our kids need to know this isn't what America is. And you call that sentiment a lie. I think it is a lie. Yes, I do. Say more. You know... I think that since this country's founding, America has been a country built on racial hierarchy and exploitation and subjugation. And a lot of that history is still present, and we don't want to talk about it or examine just how big of a factor race is in American life still in 2021. And flashpoints like the insurrection last week are just the latest chapter in a book that we've been writing For decades and centuries now, when I look at those images from last week, one of the protesters was trotting a Confederate flag through the Capitol. There was a noose outside of the Capitol, and some of those folks had on T-shirts that read Civil War. It's not new. It's with us. And it is who we are. It's who we have been. You know what's also interesting is the perspective. Your piece was shared on Twitter more than 5,000 times. And there are different reactions based on race. So black people responded as if you were basically preaching to the choir. Mm. And others feel taken aback by this idea. How does this lie that you write about play out every day for you? You know, the lie plays out in the field that I'm in, constantly finding ways to speak truth through my work, you know. We talked about the insurrection on my show last weekend, And I got some emails from some listeners basically saying, well, it's not that bad. It's not really about this, particularly from white listeners, from white readers. I think some of them might feel that if they really speak to the reality of race in this country, it implicates them, too. To which I say, yeah, it Mm -hmm. does. It implicates all of us. But how do we move past it and get better until we acknowledge that? That's the big question. If this attack represents an element of who we are and some people can see it while others cannot, how do we actually move forward? I think there's a few things. I think we have to start drawing some through lines through the things that are happening in this country. Charlottesville, the church shooting in Charleston, the synagogue shooting in Pennsylvania. These are events that are about race, and it is racial violence. This is a through line and a pattern that stretches back through our history. So one, we've got to do that. And two, I think that when these racial flashpoints arise, we have to fight the urge to do things that would keep us from speaking truth. A thing that I notice a lot 
when there is racial trauma that happens in America. A lot of good-hearted folks, a lot of good-hearted white folks, they want to absorb a community's pain. And I think a lot of white people think that once they see that pain, they feel like they've done something, but they actually haven't done anything. There is no action. And so what I wanted to do with this piece was to not just perform black grief again, but to challenge the quote-unquote good white people out there to start asking themselves how they perpetuate lies about race that continue to allow racism to run this society. Well, you can read Sam's essay at npr.org. And Sam, thank you so much for this article. Oh, thank you, Tanya. I appreciate it. Sam Sanders is host of NPR's It's Been a Minute. 